Hi, I'm Jane, and together with Jodes, we are two proud feminists passionate about female empowerment. This podcast is our take on the real conversations, real issues, and real challenges we must stay focused on if we're going to inspire the next generation of female leaders, managers, and entrepreneurs to pick up the baton and continue the journey to equality. But be warned, there will be rants and the odd profanity, but mainly just lots of curious conversations, uplifting stories, great guests, and food for thought on the path we still have to travel. It is clear that our young girls need us to harness our gumption and to use our voices now to make the changes we all know need to happen. It's time to be a pioneer, not a passenger. To paraphrase the famous words, of a female game changer, Hollywood's iconic Bette Davis. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Hello, welcome back to series three and our final episode in this series. So episode six, and we've been saving the best episode in this series till the last, because as you know, Throughout this series, we've been promising you two very special guests in this episode. So we're really, really excited today, aren't we, Jane? We are, yes. Yeah, we to are. welcome um, two good men. Um, and we've decided to bring both of our husbands onto the podcast for this episode. So hello <laughs> to Jane Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi, how are we doing? There we go. That's Tony, Jane's husband. And I've got my husband here, David. Hello, David. Hello. Oh, he's giving himself, he's giving himself a round of applause. Yeah. A, a fabulous entry. So two very brave men. Two very brave men. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, he's definitely. And so, as you know, if you've been listening um, throughout this particular series, the theme for this series has been all around women and work. Does it? So, does the whole idea of women having a career? Um, you know, having a job, an ambition, climbing a career ladder, does it really work for us? So we've been discussing lots of those challenges throughout this series. And many of our solutions throughout this series have centred around the need for us to speak up a little bit more and have that sisterhood that we talk about so often. And we talked a bit about upstanding and speaking up for other people when we see things happen for them. Um, And one of the things that we've talked a lot about is how men can support us in this particular kind of scenario. So we thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to get some men on and get their views, their views on whether women and work does actually work, what it looks like through their lens. Because up until now, you've only ever had stuff through a a woman's lens. Um, So we thought it'd be good to bring these guys on and talk to them a little bit about that stuff. So yeah, we've got some very specific questions that we wanna talk about. And uh, naturally, as we have done with our other two guests in this particular series, it makes sense to start at the top of the shot, doesn't it, on that killer question, women and work, does it? What what are the views of the guys in our room? So uh, Tony, let's come over to you first. So um, do you want to do a little bit of an intro just to, you know, uh, a a 30 second, this is Tony, that leads into your view on that question? Um, Yeah, well, I'm I'm, Tony, I'm I'm, um, a man of my generation, I would say, because, you know, at at my age, um, I have have certain entrenched views, um, which 
on meeting Jane certainly got diluted and also got uh, amended. So <laughs> I, I, I think I think being a man of my generation, I've I've had a lot to learn. Um, so yeah, I think that that's probably me. I'm 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 on a learning curve, but I'm probably on the on the downward part of the learning curve now about <laughs> feminism. So I'm, I'm not. Um, I, I'm a I'm, to add to that. I'm a retired police officer. I was a police officer for thirty years. Um, and if any of if you ever watched Life on Mars, yeah, uh, that was my police station because I joined in 1970. Um, so I I was through that part of of life on Mars as a, as a as a policeman. So that's the entrenched values that we had. So it it's been a, a lot of learning for me. Okay, so that's quite an interesting position to have been in, mm. in a very interesting time, I guess. Mm. So- it was, it was, but and, and it was at the time when, when things were changing dramatically yeah. for, for, for men and women. So uh, what, so was, it, what they- was it like in that perspective then for women in work? Did it work for women to have aspirations and stuff in your lived experience? What was that like? I don't think it did <laughs> um, too much early on. So yeah. the 70s, it, it was it was very difficult. I think, um, in a, it was very male dominated, very very macho, um, but it 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 altered. And when I I left in in just before two thousand, it it had, it had changed dramatically, um, and rightly so. I mean, when I look back at at, at how it was in the seventies and eighties, to how it was, it changed correctly. You know, it, it was very macho in 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 the early parts of my career. Okay. I always say to Tony, if I'd have met him in that era, yeah, um, he would not have been <laughs> on my radar in any way, shape, or form. We would have been miles apart, miles apart. Mm. But you know, we've we've uh, we've aligned. We've aligned. We've aligned. Yeah. aligned. Definitely aligned. A, me- a meeting of minds for sure. Yes, I think so. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, that's a really interesting pers- perspective because I guess then. If uh, if we come to you, David, and actually you've probably lived in a bit of a different area and had a very different kind of job and career, I guess it looks a bit different for you. If I ask the same question for you, women and work, does it? Mm-hmm. What do you say? Yeah. Hello. Um. So absolutely yeah. it works. Let me give you a quick intro background then. So I think, Tony, I'm probably a generation gap younger than you. Yeah. Probably just one step lower, though. Um, not too far away. I get away with the two steps, don't I? <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can't say that again now. Right. Okay. I, I think there's probably a couple of things at play here. So, um, so first of all, I think I grew up in the '80s, and I grew up like a great many of my generation um, as as young boys being brought up by single mums. Um, so I think, you know, we look at the divorce rates from the 1970s to the 1980s, they tripled. And so I think that's that's firstly, I had no male role model around me uh, while I was really young. And the second thing is the line of work I'm in. So, you know, corporate finance. So it's a, it's a very corporate world. And actually, ever since I've started working, I've been surrounded by women, uh, women bosses, uh, women senior leaders, uh, I've managed women, women in my team. So so for me, it's not really a thing. So this whole conversation, it's great that I'm being invited in to give my opinion, but actually I'm kind of the choir already. 
So I have a view, but it's not a, it's not it doesn't take me a lot to get to where we kind of want to go with this feminist agenda. So so I think for me, does it work? Yes, it does work. It could be better. Of course, it could. But actually, from what I see in many cases, whilst it's not perfect, it does work. So you see lots of examples of women having brilliant careers yes. and being able to do the things that they want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and also not just seeing it, but it be normal. Mm. So there's been mm -hmm. no call outs that someone is a woman who is in a senior position or in a real decision-making position. Actually, it's it's not a thing. When you start looking at the detail in terms mm. of um, roles and numbers and what does the data tell you in terms of um, gender pay gap, that might tell a different story but that is a bit of a journey but um yeah so from my perspective it, it kind of does work and that's that i guess that's the kind of interesting thing isn't it about different lived experiences and what we see based on what we've had around us at different periods in our lives um i've always had a problem with the word um feminism um again i go back to the fact that uh, of my age that that it had always had negative connotations for me. Um, uh, you know, you, you think of the dungaree wearing, green and common sort of people that that of the eighties or late seventies, eighties, and a feminism was was the big thing. But I think I've always been a feminist. I was I was brought up by you know a very strong mother. Um, I had an older sister. You know, I was always, oh, it was drummed into me of the polite, always walk on the outside of a woman walking down the street. You know, you, you walk on the outside, the roadside of the curb and, and stuff like that. You, you, it, it's ingrained in you to respect women um, that, that you, but it, it's not feminism as, 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 as I saw it in those days, you know, um, but the word just had a very, very bad connotation for me. Um, but now, yes, I am a feminist um, by today's terms. Um, I, I don't see differences between men and women. Um, yes, we're different, but we are the same. You know, I mean, we have different strengths. We have different stuff within us. But yes, I, in, to boil it right down, yes, I am a feminist now. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting that, isn't it, that actually what what we now perceive to be a feminist is a lot sort of softer and a bit gentler. It's not the rah-rah that it was yeah. made once. It's changed. It's changed. It's yeah. And I think that's because we've fought a lot of the battles, haven't yeah. we? So the women that have come before us, those those dungree wearing, bra burning, whatever, suffragettes or or campaigners or marchers, a lot of the big stuff we've done, haven't we? You yeah. know, we've we've got birth control, we've got the vote, we can own property, we can manage our own money, we can work, we can have a job, we can have a career, we you know, all of these things you know, we've worked hard for. And so the kind of nature of what feminism is has shifted, but actually it's still here and it's still needed. Yeah. And even going back to the time of the suffragettes, you had the suffragists, a lot of men were suffragists mm -hmm. as opposed to suffragettes. Suffragettes were a, a slightly more militant. The the suffragists, which which a lot of men were, were supporters of men, but without the the 
uh, oh, you'll say violence, and yeah, without chaining themselves to the railings. So yeah. they were so very supportive of the women's movement. So yeah. they were suffragists as opposed to suffragettes. Mm. So it, it goes right back to then. Mm. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a brilliant example, actually, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Cool. All right then. That that's really interesting. So we've got a couple of diff different views there on does women and work work in that sense, but there are still challenges. Whether it, you know, it, it we've had lived experience that it works or that that it hasn't, and it's but it has moved forward. And we've obviously shared some experience and with experiences, and we've had guests that have shared some experiences. What's really interesting is to try and understand a man's view of. What do you see as the challenges mm. that exist, mm -hmm. you know, for, for women mm. in work still? It, you know, are they visible to non-women people, I guess, is the question. So I don't know what your view on that is, Tony. Uh, the main, well, the main challenges for men, really, I, I think we've lost our place. Um, whether we've lost it or we've given it up or whether it's just disappeared, I don't know. Um I mean, there used to be. I I always think of the, the disappearance of the alpha male. I'm not I'm not talking about the chest banging, you know, alpha male, the the the, the misogynist, whatever. What I'm talking about is 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 a man, the provider, the breadwinner, the protector, kind of has been removed or is is sliding into the background, and and now we don't kind of know our place. Whereas you know, women have have, have taken a lot of that away from us. And and as as males, we we kind of want it back, want it back. We want to be the protector. Yes, perhaps we can't be the breadwinner because you know finances and the economic thing won't allow us to be the sole breadwinner of, of of that. So we have to accept that. But also, we we want to be a protector. We want to be able to protect our family. We want to look after what what we have and look after society as well. Um, and that's been eroded a little bit. So we're, we're left a little bit in the dark. Where do we go? And if we do speak out and say, well, hang on a minute, you know, we, we're branded then as, as, as anti-female or, or we're branded as this, that, oh, the other. Yeah. If we do speak up for, for ourselves and say, well, yeah, I want to do this. I want to protect. I want to do this. I want to do that. So we're kind of losing our place and we we have to adapt to the new to the new norms. Um, and But it's taking time. Okay, it's taking time for us to to adapt to these new norms and find our place in society, whereby as as a male, mm. you know. Can I just ask you? That's really that's fascinating because you talked about. I get that scenario in the in the home. I get that 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 you know that breadwinner role is not as powerful as it used to be because. In the economy we live in, we both have to go out to work to, mm -hmm. to have a house and all the rest of it. You talked about that men have lost their place in society as a whole. And yet it's still men that control that. It's still men that are in power. Certainly. So, men. I mean, I, where it's going, I mean, we, we, we don't really have much of a say in, in where it's going. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the, what rules the world, yeah, men rule the world, but it is a substance a strata of the of men that mm -hmm. rule the world and mm -hmm. it's how we change that at the top mm -hmm. you know it, it's 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 very frustrating for us to look at i mean i, I just strange things that, that wind us up and it comes from the top and we, it's how do we change that mm -hmm. attitude way way beyond us mm -hmm. in in the scheme of things 
it's how we change that that so you're as uncomfortable and you know upset about that group of men that powerful group of men that are ruling the absolutely because we are absolutely okay would you say the same um yeah look i think it's probably a bit deeper for me but I, there's also some bits in there tony that um that i kind of see it differently than than you do mm. uh, and i think those bits are you know where you talk about men trying to find their place and um kind of um you know, struggling with that, given what's happening um, in terms of feminism. I, I think for me, fundamentally, there's a little bit of a difference in that, you know, the move of feminism was always because women weren't allowed to. Mm-hmm. Nothing has stopped men in today's society from doing anything that they want to. And so I think, actually, we've still got a little bit of a way to go in terms of helping and supporting a, a fair and equal agenda for women. Um, and I don't think anything's been taken off us at all. I think if we suddenly had things taken off us, then that would be a different story. But the point of this is, it's about equality of opportunity for everybody. And so from that perspective, I kind of think that there's there's nothing stopping us and we have a very good place. Yeah. But you're right, this this hierarchy that we have at the moment in the world where we have an elite layer, mainly dominated by men, um, is is just no good. I think it's it's also more about the elitism than the, the feminism as well. I saw a fabulous example of it just, just was it yesterday or the day before? And it's something that I would never have picked up. But because of the awareness that I feel today, I picked it up straight away. And it's it's angered me. And I don't know, you know, it's it's an it's a it's an innocuous thing, but if you watch the England male team get off the bus. Football we're talking football about. we're talking about. The male footballers getting off the bus and going onto an aeroplane to come home. They get off the bus, thank you very much, off they go, get on the plane and fly home. The women's team, who were in the World Cup final, got off the bus, were handed their own bags to take onto the plane. Now, it's it there is that just has wound me up so much because why 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 couldn't somebody else have taken their bag? This, mm. this is a world class team that were in the World Cup mm. final, and yet they were handed their bags. The British, the men, get off the bus. They 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 just walk on on, on their mm. bags follow them, mm. and that is. That's what we're fighting against, you know, when when you think about it. Yeah, perhaps 20 years ago, that wouldn't have even affected me, but it does today. And I, I think that's where we, we, we're looking at that bias towards women. You know, we, that should never have happened. They, they, they're a world-class football team. Get them on, you know, let them get somebody else to take their bags on board. And it's just wound me up. Mm. So I'm, that's yeah. what we're fighting against. You know, and 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 changing that attitude towards women. Mm. You know, mm. um, that 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 was just me, and that's just it's one we up for days. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of many, one of many things. One yeah. of many, yeah. Okay. Well, well, do you know what? That's really interesting. Actually, Tony, in what you had to say, you you kind of open my eyes to realize that you see challenges for men in this as much as we're. You know, actually, you know, I'm just banging the drum of all the challenges that still exist for women. And it's interesting to hear 
from somebody else that actually, you know, it changes things for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. Yeah, but equally, you know, then seeing the flip side of the coin from, from David's perspective yeah. is, is interesting. But I guess the thing is, you know, the world's going to move forward. Hopefully. And I think coming back to that point around there's so much unconscious bias that actually most yeah. people aren't even aware of. But to make this progress, we've got to start doing something with this. Mm. We've got to start speaking up about some of this stuff. Hence why we wanted to ask the two of you as, as you know, because yes, absolutely, Jane and I see you both as feminists, as highly supportive of the women's agenda, highly supportive of your wives in everything that we want to do. You know, for us in our households, things feel equitable in what we do is, you know, actually, what is it then that that other men who might be listening to this or their wives are listening to this and then they have a conversation about it, what is it that men need to be doing or could could help by doing to start to move some of this forward? Like if we took that England team example, hmm. you know, if yeah. there were guys around there at that point, what would they, what should they have done? So I guess that's a question. It's like, what do we, what do we, how can men contribute to carrying on this balance piece? And they, they, I mean, it stems again, we go back to the people at the top, you know, I mean, if somebody arranged that trip and, you know, they arranged the England men, they arranged the England women or trip, you know, it, it stems again from somewhere probably beyond me that says that's wrong. You know, and I, I probably would have said that's wrong as we were getting off the bus, but that wouldn't change. It's got to be there's a that that unconscious bias is beyond us, and that's where we've got to be shouting at is is the people above us, you know, the the, the bosses or the the organisers or whoever, and say hey, that's wrong. Mm. You know, it, it's it's wrong. There's an unconscious bias here towards women, and I'm. It needs to be called out up there. And yes, I, I would have called it out because it mm. so angered me, mm. but it wouldn't have helped at that time. You know, it, mm. it, it's the bias came six months before when they organised the trip. It's interesting, mm. isn't it? Because female football, I suppose, is another example of where women are playing serious catch-up mm. in that there are there's a lot of work to do there in all areas of that game. And that that is like that little example that wound you up. But there's a lot bigger stuff in that as well about, you know, the inequality of the of the money, the inequality, the opportunity of the resources and so on. And so you look at female football and to be honest, women were playing football before men. Mm -hmm. Um, So but you look at that inequality and that's an example of where women have got we've got a long way to go. It's a very male dominated sport. It has been for decades mm. and here we are playing world class but mm. we're not treated in anywhere the near the same way as mm. the world class male footballers are so that's yeah. a, that's a really good example and there'll be hundreds of those examples Absolutely. across society Absolutely. but uh, that that's a really good mm. good shout well, I, I think it is a good example i think mm. it goes it stems a little deeper so things are changing now but if you look mm. at women's football actually you look back at grassroots level at girls and only now is that becoming a bit of normal that young girls can play football in school and want to so there is still a massive lag in that mm. um and that we, we we see now 
despite the success of, of the England team, actually, there is a still a big challenge to go. We probably won't see the fruits of this for another 10, 15 years. If you flip that on the head and say, right, where, where would that be the same for a, for a man? And if we took a typical stereotypical um, role, let's say something like midwifery. Actually, if a man wanted to be a midwife, there wouldn't be any challenge in a man being able to be a midwife. There wouldn't be any structural constraints for that to take place. He'd, or get, to paid the, he'd get paid the he'd going get paid, rate, he'd yeah, get the exactly. uniform, he'd get the same benefits. All of it. And actually, they've got the same opportunity of education, of university than, than anyone. And so when we look at that and you kind of think, so there's nothing really stopping men, but there is still all of those structural constraints that um, that are only just being addressed now that 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 might constrain a woman so i think i think for me there's probably a couple of things that um what can men men can do so for me the most important number one is be self-aware so before we ask anyone else to do anything it's that number one self-awareness and even this happened to me just at the moment i'm going through some interviews and um, I was in an interview for a new role. And even in an interview, um, being interviewed by um, a mix of men and women, I um, held the door open and there was a small delay on something. And I said something along the lines of, oh, hang on, um, just two seconds. Be right back, guys. And actually, it was that unconscious. But I then sort of brought that up and said, oh, sorry for saying, guys, I'm really sorry about that. But actually, they the response back was, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And actually the response back should have been, oh, no, that's OK. Thank you. Hmm. So I think, you know, there is absolutely self-awareness, but equally where it does happen, everyone needs to kind of call it out and just not make excuses for it. So I think for me, self-awareness and then, you know, educating ourselves on what the things to do are is probably the biggest ones as well and then yeah tony just to support your point your your point yeah where we see it not being role modeled in society and on telly and in the media uh that absolutely is a challenge too yeah and it's about looking outside of your own lived experience i mean i am made up that david got to feel like you know, he was surrounded by great women as he grew up and has had the fortunate career that he's had of working with brilliant people, men and women around him. Mm -hmm. But part of that awareness is knowing that it's not like that everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and in a lot of places, it's still probably down the end of the spectrum that Tony experienced in the 70s. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a big spectrum of everything in between. And it's about everyone realising that. David sits right up at the positive end had a great experience things have worked for women it's looked good down to the other end where it's quite frankly a bag of rubbish you know and so mm. part of that awareness is realizing that your reality isn't necessarily the same for everybody else's and that can go in all kinds of directions on that spectrum I think and you're right you know what it's not just a a, a women's issue it was funny wasn't it Jane we went to see um a show at the Lowry a few weeks ago didn't we of Kathleen Moran's new book what yeah. about men yeah um and you know a question came from the audience that's kind of said to her why have you written a book about men mm-hmm. um you know and she was kind of like well nobody else was you know and, and she's kind of asked the guy you asked the question How, why haven't you done it you're a guy Mm-hmm. If I ask the question of you, you know, why haven't you done anything about it? 
And he kind of said, well, because if I speak up about it, I'll be vilified on social media. And mm -hmm. she kind of responded and said, well, I have been. Well, but I have been. But, but yeah. I still did it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's that you know, it's the it's that thing about about speaking out, and that actually, you know, our younger boys now are teenagers and boys in their early twenties. The one thing that did really open our eyes to is they don't understand why they are kind of getting a dog's life. Why they see men are getting blamed for everything, yet they weren't part of the seventies and eighties male culture that many of us were around when it was created mm. um and you know what 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 Catelyn was saying was that these boys haven't really got any strong positive real, male role models you know in uh, in the limelight that are speaking up and showing them the way to be they've just mm. got people like Andrew Tate mm. you know um, mm. and actually therefore you know they need to see other role model men stand up for some of these things and start to speak out positively about the right stuff you know mm. about what it means to have a respectful relationship what it means to be properly intimate not what they see in modern day porn you know mm. all of that kind of stuff um so yeah i think i'll go yeah. soapbox about that though now but um interestingly you know obviously a lot of men that man in the audience jane he was saying that he didn't feel comfortable to speak out because he felt like he would be vilified and actually you know we've come across some research haven't we about why men yeah so you know obviously in making this series we talked to a few men that were running allyship programs in big companies and one of them provided us with some research that had been done by a big US company and he talked about there are five reasons why good men stay silent why good men don't say anything in these situations in corporate or on the tube or whatever and we thought it would be a really good closer to ask both you two good men um a yes and no answer to these questions um so yeah so before we ask you the final question which is what's it like living with us <laughs> right. uh, maybe we should leave the room at that point <laughs> so these are the, the five questions these are the, the five reasons um that came up again and again and again why men do not speak up and become allies so it's a yes or no from both of you so number one um they don't want to say the wrong things they're frightened of saying the wrong things yeah yes it's a, a yes from tony no from me. no from the uh the you're, happy. you're not frightened to about saying the wrong thing no no okay. okay um number two um they are concerned if they do other men will judge them no no from no. tony yes from me and oh yes from <laughs> david okay, so um, not bothered about being judged but absolutely not that's on your mind okay so the third one was it takes a lot of time and effort to do this calling out and so on and so forth it takes a lot too much time and effort no. yes or no? no no from tony no i don't know from david that's that what that was clearly yeah, yeah. Clear. we're not having that as an excuse nope uh the fourth one was if i call somebody else out it means I'm going to have to challenge my own behaviours. Yes or no from Tony? No. No, David? No. You're more no. than happy to challenge, have your own behaviours. Okay, fantastic. And the fifth one was this word, which I did have to actually look up, called whataboutery. 
And what about you is a technique where you respond to a question or an accusation by making a counter accusation or raising a different issue. So you try and get the attention off what it is you've just been asked. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's all right. But what about this? Or, well, yeah, but I do this and so on and so forth. So is what about tree something that you would um, state as a problem or a challenge as to why you would stay silent or not? No. So no from Tony. Absolutely not. And it's a no from David. You see, we told you they were good men. We told you they were good men. Jane, just do me a favour. Read read for me three and four again. Okay, so the third was... (laughs) We're having a recount here, are we? um, That it takes too much time and effort to call it out. Too much time and effort. And And the fourth was, um, if I call somebody else out, it means I've got to challenge my own behaviour. So these were okay. two. These were two reasons why men don't call out. Yeah, like you know, they yeah. stay silent. They don't call out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you know what the fact? You know, not about what I think about it, but just the fact that those two yeah. are in the top five speaks yeah. volumes, doesn't it? Absolutely, mm-hmm. it does indeed. It does indeed. So, shall we ask the final question, Jodes? Yeah, go on then. So, the final question is: um, What's it like? And keep it clean. What's it like living with a campaigner, a kind of female campaigner, and somebody that would be considered a disruptor? I think I'll follow David on this one. Go on, David. <laughs> 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 okay. I'm going to I'm going to stay to the last one and get out the door. Yeah. Do you know what though? For me, there's two way two two elements that springs to mind here. Number one is that I'm a father to three girls, so actually, it's really important to me that they grow up with a real sense of independence and ability. Also, number two, I don't think I would be attracted to anyone that wasn't a feminist anyway, yeah. because, you know, I guess on a personal level, you know, I sent, I, I, I'm, I'm attracted to, to someone that is independent and smart and witty and all of those things. So, so actually, you know, what's it like living? Well, couldn't imagine not living with anybody that wasn't a feminist <laughs> and having three daughters yeah. uh, means it's even more important to me fantastic i can't follow that i'm gonna leave um <laughs> i've jotted down here um interesting fun never um never a day the same however sometimes the soapbox is a little tad a tad loud <laughs> <laughs> and I do disagree occasionally. Um, and I, I think that that's probably it. You know, my, my, a lot of the time I, I don't agree uh, with some of the things that Jane would say with regard to feminism and, and that sort of stuff. Um, but there, there are certain battles I will fight and certain battles that I think, well, I'll, I'll let that one go. And I think that's part of, of, of living with a feminist is that you 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 pick your battles and and. and some of the, some of the stuff I'll I'll just let slide. Um, we met each other at the right time. I think, as as Jane said initially, that that um, she probably wouldn't have liked me. You know, thirty years ago when I was a police officer, I I my views have changed. Um, and fundamentally, what she's done is she's proved that I am a feminist and I've always have been a feminist. Um, but I just didn't know it. 
I didn't know it. We'll have to get him a t-shirt. Yeah, not a t-shirt. I'm convinced that I didn't know it. But you know what? You bring things things to the table that I don't even see. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't see the thing of the football. Mm. I didn't get that at all. So you actually bring things to the table that I don't see, which can be quite dangerous. No, no, I'm not going to do it too often. Don't worry. You're just like fueling the fire, really. (laughs) You know what? What what Tony's just said there, like, perfectly sums up the, the whole thing around, you know, this isn't about men are better than women or women are better than men. I think David's made this point a couple of times as well is that actually, you know, we are different. Mm. that's okay you know we need to be able to have equity but not we don't have to be the same we bring different qualities and traits and characteristics to the table and they're all useful and we need them all Mm. Um, and actually that's what's lovely about again what tony said about your relationship you know it'd be boring if we all agreed with each other all the time as well wouldn't it we need that disagreement and debate and different perspectives that's what makes it interesting and I mean, Tony's all my, he's always my go-to sage. He's always the first person that I will bounce something off because I always know he'll tell it me exactly how it is. Yeah. So if I'm like, if I'm too high up on that soapbox or I'm becoming, you know, (laughs) you know, unrelatable because I'm just literally on one, he's like, whoa, you know, and he kind of takes me to a different place and and I do the same for him. So yeah, it's good. Mm. And, you know, it's always interesting when you marry somebody that's not from the same decade as you isn't it yeah, yeah. be careful now i'm not that many <laughs> decades behind you <laughs> all right that's okay yeah, yeah. well what a way to round off series three uh, actually it's been really lovely to just bring a completely different lens completely different perspective and a new conversation into the into the podcast it has been lovely um, we've got we've got some exciting stuff planned for season four, haven't yeah, we? we? Oh, have. we're all American then, not season four series. Season. You've been watching too much Netflix. <laughs> yeah, so series four, we are going to pick up on something that's been quite a theme for us for, for every single podcast we've done, and it's about this male female energy. And um, you know, it's like we all have male energy and we all have female energy, and it's where we choose to live. And I think when we've talked about a lot of work being male coded it's very tough for women to progress in that environment within and hold on to their female energy they you know they tend to shift more into their male for obvious reasons and that's costing them that's definitely costing them in their personal and professional life and it could also be the the reverse it's also costing men if they have to go too far into that other side as well you know when it's not natural if it's natural if that's naturally where you live it's not an issue but if it's not naturally where you live and it's sabotaging your authenticity then it's definitely an issue Mm -hmm. so we're going to do a full series on this subject you know how it affects us at work in our home life in the way we bring up our children in our relationships and um, in how we manage a team so on and so forth we're going to do a whole series on it and um, so that should be very very exciting and something that a lot of women have been asking us about can we do more about that so when we talk to women who've been listening to the podcast we might have dropped this into an episode and it's like <gasps> Can we do more about that? So we're going to do a whole series on it. Well, I actually think it's it's big news for some people. They've never even heard of it. So, um, you know, it's a, a, a great eye-opener to see a whole different way of understanding and viewing what's actually going on around you. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Right. Well, until then, 
Thank you, boys. You're welcome. Thank you. That's us signing off from Series 3, and we will see you soon in Series 4. Bye. You have been listening to Jane and Jodes on One. Until next time, remember, sisterhood matters. Together, we are bold, brave, fierce, and unstoppable.